All right, we are broadcasting from the furthest reaches of space. Welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I'm your host, Julia Sorensen. And I'm Ross White. While we're searching for a hospitable planet, we're broadcasting trivia across the galaxy. We've got a great show for you today. Engineer Rachel is below decks working on the engine. Uh, She really enjoyed her time with us last week, but uh, right now she's back trying to find us a place to put this pod down. And continuing to draw Sharpie mustaches on us while we sleep. Um, So we're going to be asking trivia questions in four rounds to test your knowledge and occasionally your lateral thinking. For those of you at home, go ahead and play along and tweet us your final scores. You might get a little shout out. And you never know when we might make contact with a special guest here in the cosmos. This week's intro was We Are Free. Oh, my goodness. And it's continuing on. It doesn't want to stop. It really doesn't. There it is. That was We Are Free by Unreal DM. And uh, though it is a theme song that will never quit, I don't think it's our permanent theme song. The Cosmos is uh, a little limited in royalty-free music. So if you have any suggestions, please, God, let us know. Julia, we have been asleep in our stasis beds all week. What were you dreaming about? Um, I took a nice little holodeck vacation up into the mountains. Um, In case my voice sounds like I'm going through puberty a second time, it is because we were doing some mad carpool singing to Bowling for Soup yesterday. Oh, nice. It's a long car ride. uh, Do you want to belt anything out for us? Um, I think I'm going to spare you guys that. Oh, all right. Moment. All right. Let's, let's see how many ciders I have first. Yeah, well, we can pump you full of those uh, <laughs> because our food replicators do make uh, alcohol and that's most of what we are doing during the podcast. Uh, this week, I was uh, chilling out in uh, Holodeck Hillsboro. We had uh, a number of poets come to town, got a little reading series out there um, that I know some of our listeners attend. Uh, so had had the poet C.T. Salazar in. Uh, Lindsay Lusby came down. That was a blast. Um, Lindsay Lusby's got a new book, Catechesis, a post-pastoral that just came out, and we got to watch her open the box uh, that had her books, and it was the first time she had laid hands on her book. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was a really cool feeling to watch an adult opening presents on Christmas. Yeah, well, she was like, oh, my God, it's my book, baby. Uh, And for the gender reveal, she was like, it's a book. (laughs) Yeah. What color is that on the inside of a cake, like at those gender reveal parties? Uh, It's uh, the color of pages, so sort of a creamy off-white 60 pound. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a terrible tasting cake. Yeah, I would imagine it's it's very... Uh, paper cutty on your tongue. Oh, most certainly. Um, yeah, uh, so we've got some questions today that we're going to ask. We have already asked them at our live show at Linda's. Uh, we were only booed several times. Uh, I think me more so than you, but they're just used to it at this point. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Hey, wait a second. Uh, there's something flashing up on the screen, Julia. It looks like we've got something on radar. It looks like someone else is floating through space in another escape pod. Um, perform the boarding maneuver. I'm going to analyze the passenger manifest. Opening the airlock. Check it out. Our guest today is a tech guru. He's a comedian. He's the on-ice voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, the in-ring voice of gouge wrestling, a man of many talents. It's Wade Minter. Hey, well, fancy meeting you guys out here. Uh, Wade, you've been floating through space in a solo escape pod. Welcome aboard our little uh, three-person uh, escape dinghy. 
way more room in here. It was getting a little cramped in mine. That's that single use, uh, single person escape pod was not a great investment on my part. A little claustrophobic. Well, fair enough. But you seem to be moving through space pretty well. You are just in time, Wade. Uh, Engineer Rachel has just woken us up from a week long sleep because she needed uh, us to answer some trivia questions for our AI correct answers, power the pod, and are helping us move through space. So your survival depends on my ability to answer trivia questions. Yeah, and you know, for our listeners to understand what a tenuous uh, proposition that that may actually be, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Wait, first off, I think most people in the the Raleigh-Durham area of our hollow world, uh, the, the world we're broadcasting back to, I think a lot of them know you as, as the voice uh, who says, Carolina Hurricanes, goal! That, exactly like that. Yeah, it's no, you can, do it better. Can you do a little sample? Can you sure. do it for us? So, one might get a little something like this Carolina Hurricanes, goal! That was like golden treasure to uh, my ears. I, I love how you, you've lower your voice just enough to make it sound so silky. Just a bit. Yeah. So, you've been doing that for three? Just finished my fourth season. Four seasons, and this was a good one to be on ice for. Finally got a little taste of playoff hockey after uh, four years of doing this, and it was everything I hoped it would be and more. So, the PNC Arena is one of the loudest arenas on the planet when the Canes are going good, and it's quietest space some nights when they're not uh talk to us a little bit about being on ice because i know as a fan you were in the in the upper section for some playoff hockey back in the day but what's it like down on the ice it is exceptional it got so loud during kind of the run-up to the playoffs and then for the playoff games at home that the air was vibrating around me and i could feel it on my cheeks it was so loud that talking into the microphone I couldn't hear me, and I am me, and that's a weird place to be where you are yourself, but you cannot hear yourself because there's so much deafening sound around you. And just looking up, seeing everyone waving the towels, the towel dust raining down and sticking to everything, it was... was, I want more. I want more. That's that's pretty much where I'm at, at with that. Uh, I'm, I think we are all kind of feeling pretty good about getting some more uh, playoff hockey this coming season. Um, so... One other thing I've noticed is that you've had the chance to do all kinds of interesting activities uh, outside of game time with the team, including I know that uh, you've been in goal while um, Hall of or uh, uh, retired jersey where Glenn Wesley was taking shots on goal. Um, talk a little bit about like some of your favorite memories from uh, from working with the Canes. Being able to play in two alumni games has been amazing. I did one as a skater and one as a goalie. So a few years ago, I picked up playing goal as a 40-year-old because clearly if you're an unathletic 40-year-old, what better thing to do than to uh, strap on goalie pads and have people shoot pucks at your head? Uh, Clearly, I make great life choices. But being able to score a goal off of a pass from Glenn Wesley and make it onto ESPN SportsCenter was Outstanding, And then I played uh, in net last year, got the win in overtime, shut down uh, Shane Willis a few times, shut down Jesse Bowler a few times. They were gunning for me. 
and uh, didn't die. And got Mike Maniscalco to talk some smack about my goalie style. Said, you've heard of a stand-up goalie, you've heard of a butterfly goalie. Wade Minter is the world's first lie-down goalie. <laughs> Look if it'll stop the shot. It did stop some plenty of shots. Uh, now, Bolaris, when he was with the Canes, was sort of best known for using his fists. Uh, this is not a dude that I would necessarily want to stop shots on. I would be afraid of the retribution. How'd it go? He uh, he can still bring it. It's it's funny seeing him in these charity games where he comes back and skates. The, the man's got a scoring touch. He didn't get to demonstrate it much at the NHL level, but but he can pick corners. The other guy who really surprised me is uh, Steve Rice, uh, kind of Greensboro, early Raleigh uh, era Kane. And he'll be out there in a baseball cap. You know, he's kind of, I guess, in his early to mid-50s. Does not look like an athlete anymore, but has some of the filthiest hands out there. He can do things with the puck that just leave you speechless. And he loves trick shots. He loves just abusing goalies with those hands. And uh, much like Silver King, don't be fooled by a stocky physique. The man can still bring it. <laughs> nice. Now, you're uh, you're not totally unaccustomed to stopping shots, though, because you play pretty regularly with the, is it the Puccaneers? Puccaneers is the team I play in goal on, yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Puccaneers, great team over at Iceplex. I... I started playing goal, uh, as I said, when I turned 40, and then a year or so later, after just doing kind of fill-ins and sticking pucks, I got asked to fill in for a team out at the Iceplex in a game, and so I show up for the game. They uh, they tell me, when I get there, that this is their league championship game, and I'm like, you realize who I am, right? <laughs> Not very good. I, I can leave if you need me to, but uh, they, they let me play with them, and it was a nice, uh, nice game, one goal loss in the championship, and they asked me said we need a goalie you want to stick around i said yeah and i've uh, been with them for i think this is my either fourth or fifth season with them now we've won two league championships uh, both of them one goal game so i feel pretty good about that nice two-time champion uh plus goal scorer in an nhl alumni game that is uh that's seriously upping the skills for uh, a guy who didn't even you didn't really even skate until adulthood right no, I didn't grow up with it growing up in the tobacco fields of Southern Virginia. I didn't have ice skates on my feet until I moved to Raleigh in 99. And um, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I took some ice skating lessons as a little couples event back in the early 2000s and then had a kid. And for my first Father's Day as a father, my uh, infant got me a hockey bag uh, with a note that said, you know how to skate, you love hockey, let's go fill this up with gear and have you learn how to play. So I was 25, 26 at the time for that. Uh, I, th- I think as an infant, I got my father for his first Father's Day um, some drool. So nice. That's a very it's considerate a infant you have. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I think I think Haley may have had some help from my wife on picking the gift, but it was a, a fine gift nonetheless. Yeah, seriously. Um, you are also well known around the area uh, as a ring announcer for gouge wrestling uh which is uh it it is hard to describe even to wrestling fans uh the few times i have been out to see shows they have been out in country fire halls or uh or volunteer armories or really anywhere that they can fit a ring and maybe have somebody to cook some bologna sandwiches um how's gouge going these days Gouge is uh, slowed down a little bit. We had a good run a few years ago where we kind of had a monthly rotation. We, f- we found kind of the secret sauce. The secret sauce is not the STEM fire hall. Uh, the secret sauce ended up being 
go out to a brewery with a food truck and a ring and have the brewery sell their wares and put some wrestling on and have the food truck. And that worked really well for a while. But as uh, Count Grog, the promoter, has uh, kind of slowed down a little bit with age, we're doing, I don't know, about a show a quarter, but we've got some others coming up. But it's it's a ton of fun. You know, you've got, you've got a lot of guys who are, are really fun. Gouge stands for Gimmicks Only Underground Grappling Entertainment. And so the characters are always pretty silly. And you get to see folks like the world's strongest mathlete, Seymour Snot. And if you can't see more Snot, then what are you seeing? And Seymour Snot has been uh, a regular at Gouge shows since, I think, since just about uh, the beginning of that promotion. Uh, and the one thing I most appreciate about Seymour Snot is that if you give him some seriously cheap pop, he will perform a back rake. The back rake of doom, nonetheless. Oh, has he? So he's upgraded. <laughs> he has. It, it, it is, I've seen it debilitate grown men. It's, they, they're crying. They, they can't continue. It, it is a move that you can only unleash in certain scenarios because it's really that powerful. Uh, it's good to know that uh, just uh, a man's chewed down fingernails across the back can... Uh, wreck your day well you know I, if i'm ever mugged i'm just gonna try to get behind the guy and give him a back rake through the shirt because uh, i've seen the pain that it can inflict ultimate safe self-defense there oh indeed all right wait so here's how our game is going to go and here are the rules we have provided you with a pen and paper and we're going to be asking you some trivia questions now our intelligence scanners will give you points for each answer you get correct um but our ai is seeming to grow sentient and it is indeed a smart ass so it will give you bonus points if you have a sense of humor so if you know you're going to be wrong try to be funny and you might get a little bit of bonus pity points um so we'll ask the questions for a round to give the listeners time to think about their own answers and then we'll check back with you to see how you did you ready to rumble i I feel so bad for you right now (laughs) (laughs) fair enough well here's question number one wade the canadian city of churchill is settled smack in the middle of a polar bear migration path that city also has a local bylaw that mandates car doors must remain unlocked when parked why yeah, that is that's not maybe your usual trivia question to to get started with, uh, but you know, hey, polar bears. Who doesn't love polar bears? I just I have trouble picturing like a migration path because I'm picturing like a butterfly migration, so I'm just picturing like a swarm of 200 polar bears just flying through the sky right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, and and they're just going towards Coca-Cola. I mean, yes. they migrate from low coke areas to high coke areas. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, and and I will tell you, Wade, that uh, the Canadian city of Churchill really could be just about anywhere. It's not that that's a particularly vital location to figuring out the why. So let's move on to question number two. All right, number two, and this is going to have multi-answers to it, or multiple answers. Uh, so there's going to be four different sub-questions to this. So who is the only U.S. president to, and then for 2A, the first one, who is the only U.S. Su- only U.S. president to learn English as a second language. Do you speak another language, Wade? I took four years of high school Spanish and can somewhat haggle at yard sales now. Okay, good. Good to know. 
Are you saying that the yard sales you go to, they speak Spanish or is yard sale a whole nother language? Uh, they speak a lot of Spanish at the yard sales. I yes. see. Okay. I was thinking like, you know, out in Fuquay Varina, you're at a yard sale, you're haggling in Spanish and they're like, I don't know what you're saying, man. And they just hand it to you for two bucks. You know, it's a, it's a negotiating tactic. <laughs> yeah. Um, to B, who's the only U.S. president to get married in the White House? Which seems like a kind of a baller location Honestly, to have yeah. your wedding. But was it inside or was it in the garden area? I, I don't know, but can you imagine what a bridezilla she must have been? Oh, God. Like, oh, no. no I'm not getting married at a church. We're getting married in the White House. Which sounds terrible to me because it'd be like, you know I work there. I have to go get married at work. Yeah, like you don't eat where you bathe. Like I want <laughs> I want love life and work life separate, please. I you, I don't eat where I bathe, but I will drink a shower beer sometimes. Well, they they make specific shower beers. What? Did yeah, there's a specific brand of beer that is like safe to put in the shower. I don't remember the name, but Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the water. Yeah. That, like, well, and a little bit of soap. Yeah. That, that's like the Brita filter you put on the faucet. You just have it go through a can of fucking Bud what, Light. What makes a beer shower safe? I don't know, but I remember in the ad, it showed the dude pouring the bottle on his head as if it was a substitute for the shampoo. This was a Stone Cold I, Steve Austin bit from the uh, early 2000s, I think. I, I'm, I feel pretty confident I in don't, that. I, <laughs> We should move on because uh, I yeah. got in trouble last week for talking about the shower here aboard the space. To <laughs> uh, see who is the only U.S. president to serve as both vice president and president without being elected to either office. So uh, who got the perks without the work? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, to D, uh, who is the only only U.S. president to father twins? Yeah. And uh, boy, did we have fun as a society uh, making fun of those twins. Let's move on to question three. This is also a four-part question, Wade. So we'll do 3A through D. And uh, I'm going to ask you some movie questions, or rather, I'm going to give you a statement describing a movie. Each of these movies has the word star somewhere in its title. Maybe uh, part of as part of a word, maybe the whole word, uh, but the word star is somewhere in the title of each of these movies. 3A, a tribute band singer becomes the singer for his favorite band. Uh, and if you look like maybe you're struggling on that one, it's a hot pile of garbage. I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you miss this one, do not feel bad. 3B, Connor for real is so humble. That's the only clue we're going to give you. Connor for real is so humble. 3C, humans in a fascist, militaristic future wage war with giant alien bugs. And uh, no, that is not season five of Black Mirror coming out. Oh man, that episode of Black Mirror though, where they oh, the where they convince no, where they convince the guy that he's he's fighting like inhuman monsters. Oh yeah. Oh god, that's intense. I just love that and also show. kind of fascist. You know, I wonder if it's related to this movie that we're talking about in some spiritual way. Maybe. Three D. Two teenage cancer patients seek out a reclusive author. And remember, all of those movies have star somewhere in their title. All right, number four when you're ready. So this guy's jobs were art dealer, then boarding school teacher, then Methodist minister's assistant, then missionary, then painter. He died at 37 and is now famous world round. Who is he? 
Man, that is an eclectic list of jobs. Although, in fairness, Wade, you have had an eclectic list of jobs. Most of which I've only stayed at for about nine months that, a year. That does seem to be your MO. What uh, weirdest job you've ever worked? Weirdest job I've ever worked? Um, I think it was probably in the Paramount store at Paramount's King's Dominion, where I was selling merch after my freshman year in college, and... The store had a license to show one and only one Paramount movie. So for about the first month and a half on the job, I got to see uh, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan uh, on a loop continuously for about uh, eight to ten hours a day. Was was the audio on or was it just images? No, the audio was on. Oh, wow. That's real great. This actually explains so much, though, because uh, here's a man who in his adult life spends so much time screaming one phrase into the air, goal, <laughs> which is, is so similar linguistically to just yelling, Khan! Khan! <laughs> Uh, and we complained after a while, and they finally listened to us, and they took the videotape of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan out and replaced it with a continuous 10-hour loop of Grease. I oh, do not know that you upgraded. I did not, no. That's uh, really a pick-your-poison type deal there. Yeah, well, I, and, you know, in fairness, when we were uh, when we were hoping that we would want to cr- run across somebody in space and your name came up, um, Julia said, that's the one that I want. Ooh, 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 yeah. Question number five, Wade, on July 4th, 1939, which baseball player said, Today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of this earth in his farewell address. You're nodding like you may know that one. Big sports ball knowledge, I see. Indeed, for the, for the baseballs. Sweet, sweet. All, all of the space baseballs. Space baseballs. Space balls. <laughs> space balls. <laughs> Uh, number six, moving on from that. Uh, the largest religions in the world are Christianity, Islam, and Hinduism, and Chinese yes. folk religion. Yes. All, yes. Um, name the next three religions on the list. Mm. Th- that's a question that will almost certainly inflame no one's passions. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to know. If, no, I... I, I I have no doubt about that. I just mean uh, anytime you're like, oh, no, there's more adherence to X than Y. People get really upset about that. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Uh, simply because I've, I've seen some estimates that say that Christianity, Christianity is the largest uh, religion on earth and then others that say that Islam is the largest religion on earth. And, you know, you got you to be the biggest. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Uh, yeah. It, it, God's not looking out for number two. Yeah. Size does matter. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, last week on the podcast, we asked every question twice before we went through and found out the answers. We're not doing that this week. Uh, so, Wade, let's let's see how you did. Um, the AI is on. It's measuring some points. Question number one was, the Canadian city of Churchill is set smack in the middle of a polar bear migration path. That city also has a local bylaw that mandates car doors must remain unlocked when parked. Why is that? Uh, clearly, the reason for this local ordinance is so the police can get in, hotwire the cars, and move them out of the path of the polar bear stampede, <laughs> thereby saving on insurance premiums and uh, saving the town money. Wow, I never thought polar bear insurance would ever be a thing, but that actually makes sense. Uh, farmers has seen it and insured it from everything <laughs> I can tell. Also, Farmers Only has seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a there was a whole different context for farmers only saying you don't it. have to be lonely at <laughs> farmersonly.polarbear.com 
Um, good. So now we've got a bunch of new sponsors for the show, no doubt. Um, no, the, the actual reason is that so that people being chased by bears might seek shelter in ah, the car. You never much know. like an escape pod. Exactly. You never know when you're going to just be walking down the streets of Churchill, Canada, and a polar bear is like... Uh, Hey man, you wanna you wanna buy some smack? And when you say no, they try to maul you. So you better get in the car real quick or back rake them. Yes, it's when they run out of Coca Cola and they just sell straight up for cocaine. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to number two. Who is the only only U.S. president to uh, learn English as a second language? Wait, who did you put? I put the Dirty Dutchman Martin Van Buren. That, that is, is a correct, correct answer. All also, right. Like mental bonus points for knowing that his first language is Dutch. That's awesome. Uh, and double mental bonus points for calling him the Dirty Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> there are some stories still floating around D.C. about that guy. Like what? Like, uh, you know, the the game of double dutch <laughs> all right anyway sorry uh who is the only u.s president to get married in the white house uh james buchanan uh incorrect uh, that is we were looking for a grover cleveland no one has been looking for grover cleveland in a very long time maybe that's why he got married there because his wife didn't know where else to look to for find him, him. yeah, yeah. Because who else is ever looking for him? It's one place to find him. He was actually there the entire time that he was not serving one of those terms. He was just hiding, like, in the dumbwaiter or something. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. But no one ever bothered to look for him, so. That's true. He never even ran for the next term. People were just like. Well, he's already there. Yeah, he's still in the house. I guess we can let him govern again. Uh, 2C, who is the only U.S. president to serve both as vice president and president without being elected to either office? That would be Chevy Chase's iconic target, Gerald Ford. Uh, That is indeed correct. That is 50 more points for you, good sir. Uh, And then lastly, who is the only U.S. president to father twins? Are we sure he fathered them? Uh, On paper, yes. Okay. Uh, That would be um, George Bush the lesser, uh, G-Dub. G-Dub is correct. All right, question number three. The following movies all have the word star in the title. 3A, a tribute band singer becomes the singer for his favorite band. Uh, Clearly, Jesus Christ Superstar. Ah, I'm so sorry. Dude, I wish, though. (laughs) You saw a very different version than I did. It was at the Cotillion in the Methodist Church back in the day. It uh, it It was lit. So this uh, would it help if I told you that this movie was an early Mark Wahlberg vehicle? Probably not, because the only uh, Mark Wahlberg vehicle that I'm familiar with is the Funky Bunch. Uh, wow, I, I am also familiar with Wahlburgers, thus explaining these extra pounds. Uh, the correct answer there was Rockstar, um, and good on you for not knowing it. I, I feel better for you as a human being. Uh, I wish our AI had asked us a question about Jesus Christ Superstar, but alas, it was not to be. 3B, Connor for real is so humble. Uh, that would be the Lady Gaga vehicle, A Star is Born. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stop, and an Andy Samberg vehicle. But Andy Samberg and Lady Gaga are so similar in so many ways. The face. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's those features. It's those those cheekbones. I was about to say, there should be a recreation of A Star is Born, but with Andy Samberg instead of Bradley Cooper. Oh, my God. Yes. That would be a match yes. I want to see. I'm, now, like, I actually want to see the Lonely Island parody where Kristen Wiig is, uh, is playing the Lady Gaga character. I didn't know that exists. And uh, yes, I need that in my life. No, it doesn't exist, but it oh. should. Yes, it we'll should. We'll get that up on the hollow screens for you a little bit later, Julia. 3C, humans in a fascist 
militaristic future wage war with giant alien bugs. Well, so, okay, that is the movie Stargate. Ooh, uh, not quite. Not it's quite. so close, but nope. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah, which I think was a Robert Heinlein novel. Uh, and what's funny is... Uh, I want to say like Paul Verhoeven directed it and now it's like, oh no, that was a, a parody of fascism. But if you have seen Starship Troopers, it's just like, no, that's just a lot of fascism. Yeah, I've seen 2019 and would agree. Yeah. Uh, 3D, two teenage cancer patients seek out a reclusive author. I believe I only know this one uh, by transitive nature through my family. Is this the fault in our stars it is ah. yeah i'm sorry for you that you know that but you do have two teenage daughters yeah. so and you've met my wife who's, I have, who's a sap for that sort of thing she does love some ya all right number four so this guy's jobs were art dealer boarding school teacher methodist minister's assistant missionary and then painter and he died at 37 and is now world famous who was he i'm going to say that this one is a famous freudian mother lover james whistler uh, indeed, no. We were looking for Vincent Van Gogh. Interesting. Also, the other Dirty Dutchman. <laughs> I am impressed with uh, how quickly. So you had Dirty Dutchman at the ready, and now Freudian mother lover James Whistler. It, it, it feels like you've gone through every famous historical figure, or in Whistler's case, you know, semi-famous, and, and basically come up with an epithet for them. This is the things you do when you're just kind of sitting at home by yourself. <laughs> Clear. You're looking at me like no one else does this. Okay. <laughs> no one else does this. Well, we're we're in stasis bed six days a week. Ah, that's fair. Because of the oxygen on the station. Yeah. yeah. So we don't get a chance to do that. Number five on July fourth, nineteen thirty nine. Which baseball player said, "Today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of this earth." In his farewell address, our AI has given us a note that if you also have an amazing epithet for him, you're getting bonus points. Uh, that would be the originator of the Pulp Fiction phrase, bring out the gimp. That would be Lou Gehrig. Yikes! <laughs> that's, that's, is that, is, did that cross the line? That's a correct answer. The, uh, the AI says, I award you no points for the epithet, and may God have mercy on your soul. God, our, our AI is now quoting Billy Madison Wade. Uh, the AI did give you some bonus points for that Jesus Christ superstar. That's though. good. Thank you. I li- at least I've redeemed myself in some way. Uh, lastly, number six. So the largest religions in the world are Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Chinese folk religion. What are the next three religions on this list, Wade? Okay, uh, I will go with Judaism as one of them. Uh, incorrect. Okay. Sikhism. Also incorrect. And Scientology. <laughs> that is uh, correct according to Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. But no, no, to Tom Cruise, it'd be the biggest. Not, not, then he'd not, jump not up and down the couch. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you've installed a couch and now you're jumping up and down. It's true. It's a hollow exercise. Uh, That's going to dematerialize in a second. The correct answers there, Wade, were Buddhism, Taoism, and Shinto. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, as far as you know. <laughs> well, uh, and it's the AI that thoroughly researches these questions on Wikipedia every week. So The, tr- I, the truest news source. Yeah. Taoism, uh, so, the worship of chemical companies. But yes. Um, and Shintoism, which is uh, the worship of the front part of your leg below the knee. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to hell, aren't we? Uh, indeed. Uh, Julia, what is the AI showing as Wade's score after one round? Um, it is calculating right now, and we have it at... 
I love that our AI can write these questions almost instantaneously, but it takes a while to calculate the the points. <laughs> you you got to allocate computing power in different ways, man. I suppose. Well, an engineer Rachel is below deck. She's probably she's probably screwing with the uh, with the mainframe. Much uh, like the Dirty Dutchman, Martin Van Buren. <laughs> your round one score is five twenty five. All right, that's uh, that's going to get us a good ways across the universe. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have rounds two through four, as well as maybe learn a little bit more about what Wade thinks about other obscure historical figures. I cannot wait to hear what he thinks about Ava Perone uh, in terms of nicknames. So it's hang around, Trivia Escape Pod, coming right back. And we are back in our little trivia escape pod, ready for round two. And um, our AI, a little imperfect, maybe it's a lack of oxygen, except it doesn't breathe. So I don't know what happened with it. But it did some math wrong, and Wade's score is actually 850. I can hear Engineer Rachel laughing through the hull. So I'm pretty sure she had something to do with those hijinks. Well, Well, we'll litter this scorecard we'll tear it up in itty pieces and send it through the air ducts to confetti on her sounds good wade round two today is a slogans round we are gonna test your knowledge of famous sayings let's jump right into it question number one which popular slogan was actually developed in 1985 as an anti-littering slogan in the Lone Star State and has since become a kind of declaration of identity for residents. Now, you used to live in the Lone Star State. I did. I spent two years in San Antonio. I wonder if this is uh, baking your brain because there are so darn many slogans down there or if you have already zeroed in on our right answer. We'll find out in a couple of minutes. What were some of the f- your favorite things that you heard while you were in Texas. It was less about hearing things and more about seeing people in full-on cowboy getup out in public and realizing it wasn't a bit that's just how they dressed. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, number two. Uh, another multi-part question. There are three answers to this. So 2A, and you're going to list whose slogans are these. 2A, the toughest job you'll ever love. And as a little hint Uh, You can think of overseas. 2B, a diamond is forever. And maybe think of uh, colonialism as a little hint on that one. And finally, 2C, uh, power to the people. Is there a hint? uh, The hint is think Wakanda. And I can't read for shit. And there are four parts. (laughs) (laughs) So 2D, off the wall. And as a hint, think skaters. I seriously have only ever seen this last slogan in a mall. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it. Yeah, I just never really think of it, really. Yeah, me neither. Wait, number three. Tell me the three word slogans that are used by the following companies. I'll name the company. You tell me their three word slogan. Does that make sense? Sure. How, uh, how many are there? There are going to be three of those. There's going to be three of those. Or I can't read for shit and there's four. Could um, be. Ross no. can count. I can't. Oh, there's really only three. Uh, so the first one is McDonald's. Tell me their three-word slogan. The second one, Fox News, which thankfully the station does not get on its transmitter. So we have no idea what they're up to. And 3C, Nike, a three-word slogan that... Bye. 
you probably have never heard. I mean, it's it's not a very popular one. Um, I'm really a Keds man myself. Yeah, I, I can tell. And uh, you're wearing pink Keds with black laces. That is a bold fashion choice. Bret Hart all the way. Yeah, they are also children's size four. You have the tiniest feet of anyone I've ever seen. They're, they're really more like hooves, actually. <laughs> Keep them sharpened. Yes, yeah. very much so. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, uh, number four. Tip a canoe and Tyler too was a slogan and song that praised which presidential and vice presidential candidates in 1840. Tip a canoe and Tyler too. I remember that from like fourth grade history. Yeah. My teacher would just shout that over and over. But if you if you're if you have a hankering to hear that song performed in a modern context, they might be giants has a cover version that they've been doing uh, at some live shows. I assume they've recorded it. I would assume so. Everything's on the internet these Well, days. and they've recorded pretty much every song in recordings history. That is true. Those dudes are prolific. Uh, our next spans across the universe, we'll be playing that on constant loop. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, Wade, you, so here's the thing. Uh, in addition to playing hockey, I know you've also uh, you've been watching what you eat because you look amazing, dude. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that this next question doesn't send you into a tailspin. I want you to tell me which beer these slogans belong to. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. I know, I know. When was the last time you had a beer? Uh I, I will allow myself one after a hockey game, but it's usually kind of the watery Miller Lite, Bud Light ones. The last time I've had a good beer uh, was probably when I was over in the UK last summer. Oof. Yeah. I'm, that said, I've replaced all, all of my beer addictions with scotch, much less cost effective. <laughs> that is the truth. Well, tell me which beer these slogans belong to. It's a four part question. 5A, the king of beers. Which beer is that? 5B, the slogan is head for the mountains. And that's like go towards the mountains, not like, hey, there's human head and we're offering it to the mountains. This is not a human sacrifice beer. Okay, fair enough. So don't take a hockey stick to it. Duly noted. Yeah. 5C, tastes great, less filling, which I got to admit was on TV all the time when we were growing up. Very much so. Yeah, we were of that certain age where we remember those commercials. And when our AI first presented this question to us, uh, I looked at it and was like, I I don't remember this one. Um, And I'm embarrassed about it. Really? Yeah. Uh, 5D, miles away from ordinary. Miles away from ordinary. Yeah. Which, you know, out here, we are miles away from everything. Ordinary and unusual the like, there is nothing out here. Yeah, uh, and that's why our food replicator slogan is miles away from everything. <laughs> uh, its sub-slogan is, you'll eat what I fucking give you. Um, segwaying into our next question, <laughs> we're going to just fucking eat what this place gives us. Um, which sandwich shop blew through slogans like, my way, right before your eyes, and the way a sandwich should be? Before settling on their current slogan in 2000. And in that place, you truly just eat what they fucking give you. God, isn't that the truth? Um, so wait, are there are there any slogans that, are, that have been ringing through your head that were not addressed by any of these questions, but, you know, you find particularly catchy or effective? Uh, I was sporting this on a T-shirt out at the, the con yesterday. I'm somewhat partial, and this will come as a surprise. Nobody to... Uh, the Kane's new marketing slogan, bunch of jerks, because it really is embracing a heel turn. I think that uh, 
psychotic old Canadian man uh, Don Cherry tried to tried to throw some shade on the team, and they just embraced it. Like, yeah, we're gonna sell merch off of you being a uh, fossil, and. Honestly, I respect that. I kind of love. Uh, so I, I know that you're sort of around the team. It seemed like they themselves really embraced the idea of being a bunch of jerks. I think so. I mean, you know, where the marketing ends and the team begins is always kind of a tough thing to say. But you could tell that that they enjoyed the feedback loop, I think. Nice. Uh, and he was he was complaining about those fantastic on ice celebrations after a home victory. Absolutely. Which absolutely energized hockey in the Raleigh area in ways that it maybe hadn't been energized during some of those losing seasons. Some of those many, 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 many uh, this season was so wonderful to watch. Well, let's uh, let's see how you did on our slogans round. Which popular slogan? This is number one was apt actually developed in 1985 as an anti-littering slogan in the Lone Star State and has since become a kind of declaration of identity for residents. Texas being the living embodiment of believing your own press releases, this would be Don't Mess With Texas. That is correct, and it's worth 50 points to our AI. Number two, so we asked you whose slogans are these. Uh, 2A, the toughest job you'll ever love. I'm going to go with the Peace Corps. That is indeed correct. That is 50 more points for you. Uh, 2B, a diamond is forever. Uh, as is, as you said, colonialism from De Beers. The Dirty Dutch Company. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 2C, power to the people. Uh, that's got to be none other than Duke Energy Progress. Um, Wait, what did Wakanda have to do with that? That was the hint that you got. Duke, Duke Energy doesn't provide uh, power to Wakanda? Unless they use vibranium, I don't think so. <laughs> The correct answer there was the Black Panther Party. Ah, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that existed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, cool. Uh, 2D, off the wall. Uh, I am the least hip person in the world just because I use the word hip, uh, but I'm going to go with Vans. That is indeed correct. I think that just proves that Vans are not hip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if, if, if I know about them, they cannot be cool anymore. Well, and there goes our sponsorship from Vance. Uh, wait, tell me the three word slogans used by the following companies. 3A was McDonald's. I'm loving it. That is correct, and you are the only one. 3B, Fox News. Do I have to say it? Yeah, you do. Fair and balanced. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. It's uh, We also would have accepted uh, propaganda for grandma. Oh. I was going to bring that one up. <laughs> that, that, I, that I like. And 3C was Nike. Just do it that is 50 points and great advice to future parents especially from the heart of shia labeouf mm. <laughs> or at least the duodenum oh, God. <laughs> uh, number four tippecanoe and tyler two was a slogan and song that praised which presidential and vice presidential candidates in 1840 i'm uh, going back into the wayback machine here see if uh see if my old history uh academic team comes through was that William Henry Harrison and John Tyler? It is indeed. And you get 50 points for each of those. So that is 100 more points for you right then and there. Stacks on stacks. All stacks right. on stacks. You said you haven't had a great beer in a while and none of these answers are great beers. Uh, tell me which beer these slogans belong to. 5A was the king of beers. Budweiser? Yeah. That um, one then wonders who the court jester of beers is. That's got to be probably like Keystone Light or something. Most likely. Yeah. Uh, so actually, a quick story. So my stepfather uh, lives in Golden, Colorado. My mom and stepdad are there. And uh, they, at one point, they had a neighbor who worked at the Coors factory. And, you know, if you work in the brewery, 
occasionally, you know, they, they'll say, you know, take this case home with you, or you just sort of grab what you want. And, um, it got to where my stepfather feared seeing this neighbor in the driveway because every time the neighbor saw him, he was like, John, John, come on over and would open up his trunk and give him a case of Keystone Light. And my stepfather was like, I'm never going to drink this. That's more of an insult than a gift. Yeah. So I think he ended up with like eight cases. And then finally, he would just hide in the house when that guy was anywhere near his driveway. My first job out of college, I was working for Philip Morris, the cancer stick people, and they gave you a carton of cigarettes every week, uh, smoker or non-smoker, to take home with you. Well, you know, you don't pay pensions for very long when that's that company true. policy. 5B, head for the mountains. Of Bush. That is weird. <laughs> that is correct. I can't remember my wife's birthday, but I can remember that. Yeah. Uh, th- you know, childhood is a, is a curse as well as a blessing because that stuff gets imprinted on you so easily. Tastes great, less filling is 5C. Was that Miller Lite? That's Miller Lite. That is Miller Lite. Yeah, I got to admit, I could not place it. I was, uh, I knew it was a light beer, but I was like, is it Natty Light? Uh, Milwaukee's Beast Light? I couldn't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 5D, miles away from ordinary. That would be uh, Beast Ice. Oh, I'm sorry. That is miles away from good. <laughs> So, correct answer was Corona. Corona. Yeah, I think that was the only more recent slogan on the list. I gotta say, we are doing some some great plugs for these companies here. So uh, if anybody wants to throw us a sponsorship, we won't say no. Yeah, we've basically said all of these products taste like shit, or they're terrible colonial powers that have ended in bloodshed. So hey, know. no such thing as bad press. Yeah, buy a diamond. Woo. Uh, moving on to number six, which sandwich shop blew through slogans like my way right before your eyes and the way a sandwich should be before settling on their current slogan in 2000? I have a vague recollection. and I think I'm wrong on this. Is it Quiznos? No, uh. but also at Quiznos, you eat what they fucking give you. Well, not anymore. I think Quiznos is gone, didn't they, it? They're Wait, still is around. It? Is it? Find them in uh, discerning airports everywhere. Oh, I thought they died in the financial downturn. Like, they got over leveraged and were just gone. Yeah, they're still around. Now they closed a ton of stores. It's just an endangered that. species now. Yes. Yeah. The correct uh, answer. Was Subway. Ah, yes. The other shitty sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they were doing the way a sh- sandwich should be, and then they were like, um, yeah, no, we're, we're basically just going to give you whatever we want to give you in terms of cardboard cold cuts. The, the, the current slogan that started, I think you said in 2000, um, yes. is uh, Jared who? <laughs> They're trying to get you to think that way. Oh, what an embarrassment. Um, so after our AI has tallied up your round two score, your collective score after round two, is 1,400 points. Ah, collective score. Another great band from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Wade, round three is not like your average trivia round because no, we're not... Because clearly the ones prior have been. <laughs> well, we're not necessarily going to be testing uh, just your knowledge. We're also going to be testing... Uh, your ability to stay with a shitty premise for about 15 minutes. Uh, it's a movie smash round. And the way that this is going to work is we've got the titles of two popular movies. They share a word or sound. And we've smashed.
mashed them together, and Julia and I have used what little time we have awake together to write a screenplay to the movie based on our new title. Uh, We are sending each of these screenplays through our transmitters back to Hollywood in hopes of landing a lucrative six-picture deal. That's good, because on average, I see about two movies a year, so I'm well prepared for this. Oh, you you will be very well prepared. So maybe it'll just be a mashup of each two movies you see every year. It could be. It's going to be the same answer for everyone. Uh, Either that or we'll just do two movies from every year uh, going back about a decade. We've got 10 of these. So here's number one. The plot is... A middle-aged mother returns to college in order to complete her degree and ends up in a raft with a tiger. (laughs) And I just, I mean, I feel like we should do our fantasy casting, not necessarily related to uh, any any real movies on this one. But uh, who would you want to play the mother, Julia, and who would you want to play the tiger? Um, Can I have Danny DeVito for both? (laughs) It, it would just be like a like a Medea type thing where Tyler Perry's all of them, but it would be Danny DeVito. Oh my god! All of them. Oh, oh, except the the tiger version of Danny DeVito would be done up like uh, the new Cats trailer. Oh god, yes, <laughs> so yes, the, and no. So the one thing I can tell you uh, from having teenage daughters is that Danny DeVito is apparently a Gen Z icon. Uh, my daughters adore Danny DeVito in in a way that they don't even adore me. I am not Gen Z, but I can agree that I adore Dana DeVito. There is this one crop top that's been going around on Etsy that's just pure yellow and just has a hand-embroidered lettering of Dana DeVito. And I swear, I think six different people have sent it to me being like, buy this. Good to know that you're such a fan. Wait, uh, the plot for movie number two, SEAL Team 6 kills Batman after a decade-long manhunt. <laughs> and I can see this one's this one's absolutely blowing his mind. Uh, fantasy casting. Oh, who should be the next Batman? It's gonna be it's gonna be Robert Pattinson, right? The yes, Twilight he, Kid. He is the confirmed new one. Who should it have been? Because I feel like he's clearly not the right choice. He's entirely too broody for Batman. I'm trying to get out of the mindset of Danny. DeVito. It should be Danny DeVito. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of that mindset. No one else is coming to mind. Well, Danny DeVito maybe, was amazing in a Batman movie. Maybe Idris Elba? I'd go, I'd go with Elba as Batman. I'd be down with that. I, I, feel, I feel like he might be a little too everywhere right now, but if we're going like outside the context of whatever else is playing, I might pick him. I got to admit, there's a piece of me that was like, DiCaprio's going to want a shot at this eventually. And it would be kind of fun to see him give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, I could respect that. Yeah. All right, number three. A homicide investigator digs deeper into a case involving a trained military sniper who shot five random victims and injured himself with backyard stunts and nut punches. <laughs> so, uh, I, the AI clearly just wanted to make us say nut punches. Nut punches. <laughs> nut punches. <laughs> uh, Wade, you ready for number four? <laughs> No, <laughs> a, no part of you is ready. For no this? part of me yeah. is ready for number four. Well, you're... I wasn't ready for number one. Can, there... we, can we promise there's no more nut punches? There are no more nut punches. The, these are all basically psychological nut punches. <laughs> <laughs> number four, competition between the maid of honor and the mad scientist building a mate for his monster threatens to upend the life of an out of work pastry chef, which sounds like a convoluted plot, but is really going to be a kind of a sweet comedy. Yeah, I, I kind of want Gene Wilder to make a comeback into this oh, one. Oh my God! Right? Oh, 
my heart. I, I loved know. Gene Wilder. Me too. What a total badass. The one thing I am very proud of with my uh, with my daughters is they are both uh, Mel Brooks aficionados. So I feel like I've taught them right. Uh, you've done a good job with those two. That's an A plus right there. Although Kate was like just weird enough when she came out of the womb to be like uh, the most awesome comedy aficionado. She's always had that snarky streak. Yeah, she's she's the ginger avenger. She uh, she kind of just does what she wants. <laughs> um, all right, number five. Three friends conspire to murder their employer, who is an infant with a briefcase. Workplace dramas, man. Workplace dramas. Honestly, though, like that water cooler talk must get real dark real quick. Yeah. Uh, I, sh- I should note, I've said workplace dramas, wait, neither of these movies was a drama in any way. Uh, number six, electrician and hustler Ron Woodruff works around the system to help AIDS patients get the medication they need and then punches them but doesn't talk about it. <laughs> You take too much pride writing these, man. Uh, no, this is the AI. I had nothing to do with this. Oh, right. Oh, no, no, wait. We did write these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we take credit for the screenplay. Yeah. The only stupid part of this game. <laughs> no, no the, I guess the, the AI is the one that said this would be a good plot to say out loud. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yes, totally that. Words. Uh, number seven, moving on. Uh, during the summer of 1979, a group of friends witness and film a train crash and investigate subsequent unexplained events, including a daring heist by a number of fashionable women. Oh, I mean, there's so much sass in that in that daring heist. So much. I still haven't seen that heist. I uh... Well, I mean, this is the only one that matters. Our plot, yes. you know, sort of Ours supersedes any superior. other fashionable and uh, and daring heists. Uh, number eight. <laughs> this this one, uh, I almost feel bad because we've been cutting up, we've been laughing, and there's just really nothing funny about this next one. Gustav H. is the concierge who houses over a thousand Tutsi refugees during their struggle against the Hutu militia and becomes friends with his lobby boy. Gustav H. is the concierge who houses over a thousand Tutsi refugees during their struggle against the Hutu militia and becomes friends with his lobby boy. I only repeated that one because of the panicked look on Wade's face as I read that one aloud. Uh, Which I don't blame him for. Yeah, because that honestly, this is our Oscar grab. This this one right here. It, it's got the gravitas. Yeah. Ross, who would you cast in this one? Uh, as Gustav H., I would almost certainly cast... You know what I would do? I think I would bring back uh, Stephen King, who in his sort of coked out role in uh, Creepshow all those years ago was actually uh, pretty weirdly great. Because, you know, this movie's already fucked up and a half, so we might as well add in some Stephen King. Eh, I can respect that. Yeah. Uh, no- Oh, continue. Uh, Number nine, a young undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s is arrested for drug trafficking and sent to conversion therapy because his parents are threatened by his sexuality. So, I don't, you know, the two movies smashed together on that one. I don't know that either was a particularly big hit. Those were sort of... uh, smaller dramas from the last uh, last two or three years. Yeah, they're both relatively recent. Yeah. Uh, number 10. Police hide a singer in a convent to keep her safe from the awakening of Skynet. Which, if you think about it, uh, Skynet's never going to look for somebody in a convent. No, yeah. totally not. Which is why uh, in the original, no one said, I'm looking for Sarah Connor. 
in a convent. <laughs> not a line of dialogue we heard in the original. Uh, of course, we're not. We're not talking about the original here. Wade, let's see how you did uh, with this. I, I I will apologize for your uh, your strand being stranded in space right now. You know what? The worst part is we don't even get a chance to see all these movies. Sometimes we just go to IMDb and grab the plot summary from there and sort of squish it together. Number one, a middle-aged mother returns to college in order to complete her degree and ends up in a raft with a tiger. That would be the second life of Pi. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty close. It's going to go downhill from here, folks. It's... Oh, no. Uh, so the AI looks like it's giving you half credit on this one. Uh, <laughs> the AI is very generous. Well, the AI also recognizes that very few people saw the Melissa McCarthy movie Life of the Party. So this was uh, Life of Pi of the Party. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, SEAL Team 6 kills Batman after a decade-long manhunt. As the Brought to Justice League. <laughs> no, but that one's really good. I love it. Uh, so the the AI looks like it's giving you credit on this one too. Uh, the, it was looking for Zero Dark Night Thirty. Uh huh. Yeah. You're like uh huh. That. that that wasn't one of the two movies I saw last year. <laughs> uh, number three. A homicide investigator digs deeper into a case involving a trained military sniper who shot five random victims and injured himself with backyard stunts and nut punches. You don't know jackass. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ross is using all of our oxygen this week just by laughing so hard. (laughs) The correct answer, Wade, was jackass reacher. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you got the jackass part right, which is the most important part. Which, um, also, my high school history teacher, um, Steve-O is her brother. That's so random. He would come to our school sometimes and like give lectures. And punch people in the nuts? Uh, that would be a legal issue. Uh, but no, he was really chill. And uh, if you ever like look closely at his tattoos, you'll see like a tattoo of like a young child girl um that's my teacher's daughter on his arm that's adorable i know it was really wild um and julia's high school history teacher has uh a a photo of herself tattooed full back mm. across her own back that's that's commitment yeah so she and her brother can stand side by side shirtless family picture away from the camera and and you've got yeah just be spot on a moment in time number four competition between the maid of honor and the mad scientist building a mate for his monster threatens to upend the life of an out-of-work pastry chef. Mother of the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, gosh. that Not quite. Uh, we were actually looking for Bridesmaids of Frankenstein. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the sad part is, I've seen one of those movies. Which one? Bridesmaids. Great film. Um, don't be sorry about that. Bridesmaids is a great film. No, I'm sorry because I, this was one I actually could have had a shot to know, <laughs> oh. and I messed it up. But you know, like the whole out of work pastry chef thing, which I will admit IMDb f- uh, fed to us. Fed I had pastries. Uh, yeah. Did you not know you can? Get I don't have fresh, that browser edition. Fresh, it's uh, well, that's IMDb Pro. You can uh, you can update your headshot. You can add film credits, and it feeds you fresh pastries. <laughs> a really useful app um yeah no i imdb uh like really stressed that out of work pastry chef thing which i'm like that was like the first 20 minutes yeah and then she makes a cake like halfway through it and then oh right she's a baker yeah 
Anyway, moving on to number five. Three friends conspire to murder their employer, who is an infant with a briefcase. Uh, who's the boss baby? <laughs> <laughs> One of those was a TV show, wasn't it? Yes. Ah. Um, but if three friends ever conspired to murder Tony Danza, <laughs> I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not. I'm, didn't he turn out to be like a total creep? I don't know. But now I'm just picturing Ellen John singing Homey Close Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is horrible boss's baby. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, didn't 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 see either of those. Number six, the bosses were not good, and it was indeed horrible. Yeah, so don't see it. Yeah, uh, number six, electrician and hustler Ron Woodruff works around the system to help AIDS patients get the medications they need, and then punches them, but doesn't talk about it. Uh, this is why we fight, Club. <laughs> Uh, we, the AI uh, is is telling me, sure, why not? I think I think now it's just it's given up. <laughs> oh, it doesn't get any better. I can assure you. <laughs> uh, Dallas Buyers Fight Club ah. was the correct answer. Uh, isn't that Ron Howard's kid? Um, yeah, it okay. is. Uh, yeah, Dallas done some good work. Dallas Buyers Howard, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, and and in fact, she will fight anybody. Yeah, I've heard that. She is rough and tumble. Number seven. During the summer of 1979, a group of friends witness and film a train crash and investigate subsequent unexplained events, including a daring heist by a number of fashionable women. Billy Ocean's Eleven. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, okay, you're not even combining movies anymore. You... <laughs> get out of my maybe dreams. A, get into Ocean my car. Pick, I don't know. Um, whatever happened to Billy Ocean? Uh, that is a good question. I think he is still touring the state fair circuit. Did, did he actually do that? Do you know? I think I, I think that's legit. I, I believe I have seen his name like on a on a state fair touring thing. Ye gods, if that How happens here, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. I would see Billy Ocean at a state fair anytime. Billy Ocean, Does he big like, old turkey Is he leg. like the halftime show in between the pig races at the North Carolina State Fair? <laughs> you you got to work to be the halftime show at the pig races. Like there, ah. there, There's a level of stardom you have to hit before you're even considered for that. Yeah, yeah it has to be like basically Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182 yeah. could... could do that okay yeah. so does he sing like during the tractor pull then yes b- but you can't hear it <laughs> right, the right tractors are like, and no one gave him a microphone or any <laughs> means of amplification he's just in the stands <laughs> um, the answer we we're looking for is oceans super eight ah ocean super eight okay <laughs> number eight gustav h is the concierge who houses over a thousand tutsi refugees during their struggle against the hutu militia and becomes friends with his lobby boy hotel transawanda <laughs> adam sandler is dracula hiding to see refugees uh, <laughs> you clearly had had half of it um and you actually clearly. made it you made it so much better than, than we made it uh the grand budapest hotel rwanda mm. was was what we were looking for oh um, but no, I, wanna I want s- that I want to see your movie get made. Wait, I do want to. Do you want to write these screenplays with us? Do you want to go like <laughs> oh uh, 33% on each thing? Oh my goodness. Number nine, a young undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s is arrested for drug trafficking and sent to conversion therapy because his parents are threatened by his sexuality. Catch me if you can, can. <laughs> You are on fire with these. It is dangerous to give you about three minutes to think about stuff clearly. Uh, 
<laughs> the correct answer there was White Boy Rick Erased. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I don't know either of those. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, number 10 <clears throat> excuse me uh, police hide a singer in a convent to keep her safe from the awakening of Skynet this is the only one I think I have even like a remote chance on Cis Terminator Act uh, you know what pretty much yeah we were looking for a Terminator Genesister Act but <laughs> okay. you still got both movies so we're counting yeah, I, feel, I, yeah, I just feel like you can be forgiven for like not having watched Ter- Terminator Genesis which was horrible yeah I did, did not watch Terminator Genesis I, I actually uh, spent a little time trying to sort of read up on like okay so what exactly has happened in the Terminator universe and it's basically like 48 different timelines every time they do a new movie they're like and so nothing that happened before actually happened now and you're like oh damn it uh, so, uh, you, uh, you did pretty well in that round cause the AI was flashing up a smiley face, uh, not unlike the computer in maniac on Netflix was doing for a little while. Uh, Julia, what's the readout? Uh, total score after round three is 1675. Not half bad. Uh, Wade, boy, if we can get to 2000 points, that is going to fuel the pod for at least another week and change. So we're really banking on you here. We which... might be able to find an interplanetary outhouse. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I think you need it. Yeah. No, we definitely do. Cause as bad as it smells up here, below decks with engineer Rachel is foul right oh, now. Wow. This is why she hates us. Yeah. The waste systems have been offline for quite some time. Uh, So we've got one question. It has 10 correct answers, and each correct answer is worth 100 points. So, uh, you know, I want to say, oh, this is a lock. We're going to get there. But, you know, based on prior (laughs) performance. Uh, Yeah, we're we're, we're trending downward here. (laughs) According to Forbes magazine's 2019 list, what are the 10 most valuable brands in the world? And you, they don't have to be in order. They, Yeah, we don't need them in any particular order. We just need the 10 most valuable brands. And the good news is is that the AI is telling us this, this is not a lot of uh, Chinese-based companies that most people in the U.S. have not heard of. There's no Tencent. There's no Alibaba on here. Uh, we're just looking for the 10 most valuable brands in the world, according to Forbes magazine's 2019 list. Uh Julia, are there are there brands that you are deeply, deeply loyal to? Like things that you're like, you know, I could I could buy the generic, but no, I've gotta have the brand on this particular item or service. I think the first thing that comes to mind is I'm brand name loyal to Oreos. Like don't give me any generic no Hydrox. Yeah, no oh. store brand. Stuff. Hydrox is always dry and weird. Um, when I studied abroad in England for a summer, I was sad to know that they don't have Oreos there, but they do have a really good alternative cookie called Digestives. Oh, yes. Which is, they're so good, but it's literally the worst name you could have for a cookie. I saw them in the store, never thought to buy them because I thought they were like a laxative or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, we went to the UK last year, uh, me and the family, for a couple weeks and had endless fun talking about the Digestives. <laughs> I bought, bought my daughters each a pack. Just for the entertainment value alone. <laughs> yeah, I went to like this uh, potluck dinner thing where uh, everyone was meant to bring a dish and my job was dessert. I tried to make an Oreo pudding cake. A, they don't have Oreos there. B, their version of pudding is completely different than our version. So I went to the store and I was like, hey, where's the instant pudding mix? And like three different male clerks are like, pudding mix? <laughs> what? 
what are these words that are out of your mouth, you stupid American? I was like, literally, you take water, you put it in the thing, you get pudding. And they're like, what are these words? And so, like, they had, like, three or four male employees helping me. And then, like, finally, one woman comes up. I was like, you idiots. She means, like, angel's delight, like the powdered custard stuff. And they're like, oh... So thinking about British brand names, they're like digestives. Uh, it does feel like there was a period in Britain uh, sort of when capitalism was starting to really uh, rise in the sky. Uh, but the the Brits just didn't even bother with, uh, you know, let's try to make this appealing to consumers. They were just like, yeah, buy this. Uh, and every, you know, everyone did. Um, and so I feel like almost everything in Britain is unappealing on some level if it's been around longer than like 30 years i don't know because i wanted to like explore a lot of different like food options around england but um the cheapest and most convenient thing was indeed mcdonald's (laughs) that makes me so sad uh wade it's time for us to find out how you did if we can get to just two thousand points we are so good for the week. According to Forbes magazine's 2019 list, what are the 10 most valuable brands in the world? All right, so I work in tech, so hopefully this didn't lead me too far astray. So uh, here's my list. Um, Google. Google is the number two answer on the Forbes right. list. Facebook. Indeed, that is number five. Coca-Cola. Number six. Microsoft. Number three. Levi's. Ooh, that is your first incorrect answer. All right. Apparently, uh, apparently I'm living in the past. Yeah. Well, Jordash, uh, you know, has such significant market share still. Yeah. Uh, Wells Fargo. Hmm. No, there are no financial services on the McDonald's. Yes. McDonald's is number 10 in 2019. Amazon. Number four. Pepsi. No, nope. I'm sorry. Apparently, Pepsi is not okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, I have a Coke and a smile and uh, nothing else. And then I, uh, for my last one, Ford. Ooh. Nope, there. I don't think there are any car companies. Actually, there are. There. Number nine. Oh, I'm blind. Yes, number nine was a car. So here is the list in order for you. Number one is Apple. Number two, Google. Number three, Microsoft. Number four, Amazon. Number five, Facebook. Number six, Coca-Cola. Number seven, Samsung. Mm. Number eight, mm-hmm. Disney. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of them. Yes, <laughs> number nine, Toyota, and number ten, McDonald's. You did pretty well, but was it enough to fuel the pod? I think we might be able to finally use an outhouse, Ross, because he got twenty-two seventy-five as his total score for the game. Hot dog! That means we get to load up in our spacesuits and go to our space outhouse. Engineer Rachel will be very appreciative. Uh, you know, anything I do to help Engineer Rachel is fine by me. She's <laughs> yeah, and she's uh, she comes up from below decks every so often and gives us some real grief for all the things we do to her. Back rakes. <laughs> No, she trains the cat to do that. That's true. You, I guess the our pod cat has not has not come upstairs. He is fantastic with the back rakes. As always, all of our questions were provided by that AI supercomputer. So if you think it made a mistake, shoot us an email at triviaescapepod at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at triviaescapepod. Or you can just let us know what's happening on Earth, which, of course, we are nowhere near. If you've got a great idea for a round or even a piece of trivia that you're dying to share, we'd love to hear from you. So again, that email 
email is triviaescapepod at gmail.com. We are always particularly happy to have top 10 questions because we're running out of those here in deep space. And any ideas of royalty-free music because capitalism exists even in the stars. Wade, we know that you want to get back to exploring the stars uh, and we've only got limited oxygen left for the week, but uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up. I'll be coming, getting ready for some preseason hockey games at PNC Arena in September. Uh, you can always come out if you're bored to Iceplex in Raleigh on Saturday night or Raleigh Center Ice on Sunday afternoons to see me play hockey. Gouge Wrestling will be uh, performing in two shows in September. I can't remember which order they're in, but there will be one at American Brewmasters and one at Ruby Deluxe in downtown Raleigh. I host the RTP 180 talk series every third Thursday at the Frontier at RTP. And if anyone would like to buy me a ticket and take me to see a movie so that uh, I can be up on pop culture, you can find me online uh, at Mentor on Twitter at HWadeMentor on Instagram. Right on. Uh, I will be headed up to Vermont uh, here in the middle of August to meet with uh, poets and fiction writers at the Breadloaf Writers Conference. So uh, if you're headed to the loaf, come out and see me say hello. Julia, what you got going on? Um, in the time of August, I might be preparing for my very first research conference out in Louisville, which I'm excited for. But in that meantime, I've been uh, studying up on reading tarot cards, which I have had a few clients. I just had one last night. She was very pleased with her reading. I am thrilled that I could have made her happy and brought some clarity to her life. So if you guys want any help, advice, any questions to ask, or even just to see what the cards have for you, go ahead and follow me at tall sunflower tarot on instagram or facebook wade thanks so much for being here on the podcast today thanks for having me and allowing me to insult long dead historical figures uh in my spare time are there any historical figures that uh you did not get a chance to slander that you'd like to slander before we say goodbye uh i think that uh they say that cat Teresa is a bad mother <laughs> that is so obscure uh well, Wade, let's get you back into the airlock and back onto your pod. I'm going to initiate the decontamination sequence in airlock. Julia, it looks like we've used about all the oxygen we have for this week. Let's head back into stasis. All right, Ross, sounds good. All right, thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>